Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ginger and Bo podcast. This week is a very special week, as we are joined not only by me, Bo, and my friend Ginger. Hello. But also by a guest, our first guest, which is Violet Lilac. Say hello. 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 I'll ask, I'll ask the editor if he can add some air horns at the start. Oh, yes, after I um, uh, Anyway, quickly, some, uh, some introductions. Uh, of course, please subscribe to Ginger's Twitch page. Uh, Ginger underscore gaming. And uh, also, Violet's uh, page, which is? Uh, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Violet Lilac. Cool, cool, cool. But make sure you follow, don't subscribe, because that costs you money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When I say subscribe, (laughs) when I say subscribe, I need YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff. So, what has everyone been playing? Violet, what have you been playing since you're the guest? We'll let you go first. Yeah. <laughs> I have, a, alongside my usual spew of Dead by Daylight and Phasmophobia, yeah. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. I've been playing Stardew Valley more on stream, just because it's something that I can chill out to. I don't have to get too hit up about anything. And it's really nice to be able to uh, sit and see what everyone in the chat is suggesting for me to do, you know, what they want me to name things. Do you get a lot um, of backseat gaming? Just, oh, do yeah, that, I don't do mind backseat gaming for it, though. Which I don't mind backseat gaming because it, it teaches me more about mm. the game because everyone else is more experienced than me. So why shouldn't I welcome anything that I can learn from them, you know? That is an interesting... Well, I guess guess for games like Stardew Valley, it makes sense. It's more like when you get backseat gamers for stuff like, uh, I don't know, story-driven games where it's like, oh, do that if you want to get that and that. And you're like, man, don't trash my experience. But no, interesting. You're the first one, actually, I've heard that enjoys the backseat gamers. I think that it's, it's it also uh, shows you you can learn a lot more about everyone in your chat through knowing how they play the game. Mm. See, they make choices that I wouldn't. You know, they want to be friends with people that I wouldn't. They want to form relationships with other people that I wouldn't. And it's nice to know, you know, how, what that makes them as a person. <laughs> you know, okay, it's just another cool. way that you can get to know and connect with your community. Yeah, yeah. I- find if ever I play a game where I want other people to make the choices for me, they always go for the evil ones, which scares me a little bit. It's like, oh, do I very easily save this person or kill them? Everyone's like, kill them immediately. Well, yeah, of course. It's like, it's the most fun thing to be a dick to everyone. Yeah. Especially when you're in the backseat. Occasionally I get people being like, actually, no, we'll do the nice thing. And I'm like, alright, finally. But no, mostly people immediately go for the bad options. Yeah. Like in uh, Dragon Age, uh, well, when the, the, the boy gets possessed and his mother offers to 
step up in his place, everyone was like, oh no, we should go make it so that the mother doesn't have to kill oh, him. Oh yeah, that... Doesn't have to die. That... And then in the end, because of all the decisions we made, <laughs> uh, the mother did end up having oh, to die God, anyway. Yes. So all that effort was I went to pointless. so much effort to try and save this little boy. And then they... But I made another decision where it's like, oh no, we're going to choose the, 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 the soldiers over the mages. Because we did that, we couldn't get the mages to help us save the little boy. So he did. We did have to kill the mum. So that was a whole waste of time. <laughs> I mean, not entirely. I had to go. No, no, of course. Do this mission anyway, but it meant that now instead of being able to yeah, did actually do what people originally wanted me to do, I had to kill her. Oh well. <laughs> Big sad. I mean, my options were kill her or kill the kid. So I thought I'd go for the nicer of the two. Yeah. Just kill the kid. Yeah, just kill the kid. Then he doesn't have to uh, Then I actually went. I also I went for the really evil option. I let the demon keep possessing him, but she's not going to show up again for another couple of years, <laughs> so no one knows he's still possessed. Lol. <laughs> it meant I got some well... bonuses. I I forgot I did that actually. So I went for the <laughs> really evil option. So you're on <laughs> us for making you evil, and yet you're the one that made that evil choice in the end. At that point, there was no one else in the chat, so I made the decision myself. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> you're just a dick. You were just a dick all along, Ginger. Oh my god. Oh, I was going to make a really You were the true dick all won't. along. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, interestingly, going back to Stardew Valley, my friend who fell in love with Stardew Valley, like, he told me, oh, yeah, get it, get it, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. I got it on my computer, and I don't like it that much. I don't know why. I've never... Why I've... don't you like... Is there something specific? Um, I don't know. I got started. I felt... I mean, I, I know I'm probably not doing things right. But I just, people aren't, aren't talking to me a lot. I'm just sitting there waiting for my crops to grow. There's a lot of waiting, which is like... And um, I don't know. I need to get back to it. it. I think the problem with Stardew Valley is that there's so many different aspects of it mm. that it's so difficult to get a good run on your first run. Mm. Like, you, you, you won't be good until you've probably done it two or three, maybe four times over because there's so many different things that you have to balance. You know, there's your relationships with other people. You've got to give them gifts. You've got to talk to them every day. You've um, you've got to make sure that you find out what they like and what they dislike. You've got to remember their birthdays. You've got to bring something good for all of the events. And you've... So there's the whole relationship aspect. And then alongside that, there's also this whole foraging aspect there's the farming itself then on the third year you get visited by your grandfather's ghost who judges you on all of your actions <laughs> so it's kind of this big kick in the teeth uh, uh, when you get to your third year it's like oh wait <laughs> what so yeah it just takes ages to really get into it and to to work out how to play it properly because it's people go into it thinking, oh, it's just some like little simple farming game, you know. I don't really have to to fuss around too much, but there's actually a lot to manage in it. So to play it well, it's a lot of effort, mm. <laughs> too much effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's fair enough. I mean, that's interesting though. I'll have to give it a try again because uh, I've had a lot of people recommending it to me. 
that's on my big list of stuff I need to go back to. But um, interestingly, I've gotten a, uh, I got a new game. I've tried out a new game, which is uh, on the Switch. I, I literally brushed off all the dust that was covering my Switch, just sitting there in front of the, of the, of the screen on its dock. And I tried the Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay. Has anyone anyone of you no, tried it? I've played. I've no, not I've played not that, that Fire Emblem. I played a few of the others and never a few, got very yeah. far in them. Oh. I always I, try and play it's... the hardest difficulty to start with, and also well, keep everyone alive, and it's next to impossible. Well, of course it's impossible. It's it's meant to be like <laughs> this really hardcore strategy game I know. where you need to be like a fucking genius to, to pull it off. Like a third of the way through one of them on the hardest without anyone dying. I did all right, but hmm. I I also didn't. I played it a bit. I didn't find stuff. It was one of the ones for the 3DS. Uh, it was the one where there was like three games that were released for it where it's like you play oh the, the Saints series yeah where you one of the games you play as one faction the good the guys one, or the bad and then guys, you yeah. get the, the then there's the version where you can choose to play as any of them or something oh yeah they did release the version after that hmm. um, the thing is i don't know i i enjoy fire emblem games i think they're i Bearing in mind, I only played Awakening before this one, which is the yeah. one, the first one they released on 3DS. I think they're good. I think they're uh, they're very high strategy. Like yeah. you need to be, you need to be staying. If you don't, if you're playing on the classic mode where your characters actually die, which I don't, because I'm just a wimp <laughs> and I'm chicken and I don't want my characters to die. Because uh, what if my wife dies? Come on. <laughs> Who am I, who's boring. my character gonna bone? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that's the whole point. Uh, we all want that medieval anime wife. No, but all jokes aside. <laughs> um, no, I always play, play on those. And it is like... It, it, it is a very... Even, even without having your characters die... It's still it's still bad for them like to like to die on the on the new mode because they get yeah. kicked out of battle and so, they don't get experience for a while and so. they don't get experience exactly so it's um, it's bad also in, in in from that point of view and uh, I don't know I find them fun they're sometimes they're slightly frustrating if you're not a big brain uh, boy like yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, don't want to invest all your time in thinking. Hmm, okay, I'm gonna place my my character here so he has the advantage with this, and thus I will move my other teammates there. Considering they have so and so weapon durability, yeah. it's a it's, it's a is, big game of chess. I also found, especially when I was playing on the hard when I was playing on the hard difficulty, it wasn't just strategy. It was a lot of RNG, so the random like the random number. Yeah, random number generators. Some so it's like, of it, yeah. You can't guarantee if you're lucky, this attack will do this much damage. It's just enough to kill them or not, and then they're going to kill you yeah. instead. So that's why I would I'd restart the game over and over again, and eventually I'd get lucky enough that oh, this did enough damage, so I'm not going to die. So then I was like, I couldn't. I looked up and it was looked at some guides for it, and they're like, oh yeah, you're going to rely on this. There isn't really a definitive yeah. strategy that will guarantee you're going to win. 
Yeah, I I mean I don't know. I've never played it on. The, I only play it on normal. Um, because I don't want to kill myself after two yeah, games. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and uh, but um, there is a bit of RNG to be fair. I I, I must say, yeah. I don't know. No, they're fun. I, I played uh, through Awakening, and that I remember that being uh, quite fun because you got all the characters. You get to make up, make your group. Uh, they're all. Each one has a different skill. And um, then you get to you get to the really fun part. I, I I thought was that you get all the um, all the characters that like you can pick which characters romance which, and um, essentially by making them fight together. Yeah. And if they romance uh, each other, they can have a child that comes back oh, wow. from the future to help them, which I thought that was <laughs> really really cool. <laughs> That's okay. I love it. It's it's what really really cool because it, it also like the appearance of the child. Well, their hair color changes depending on who yeah. they've. So basically, the child is determined on the female character, okay. and uh, but their hair color changes depending on the father. Okay. So it's um, it's really cool because you get okay. uh, you get to recruit all their all the children into the group, <laughs> and. Uh, it's really, really fun. I must say, Awakening, I, I recommend. It's a fun game. You probably can get it quite cheap. And it's a good uh, introduction into the Fire Emblem series. Because it's mm. the first one where you can opt to have your characters not die yeah, immediately. Just, just nice. And yeah, so if you want to focus on story, yeah. like I did, or on like relationships. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I must say it's fun. And uh, the new one seems... Uh, well, it's the first one on Switch. And uh, which is... You can... Like, there's there's been a massive improvement. Um, everything looks really cool. The combat... Like, the animations are uh, much, much better. And uh, it has a bit of a... I mean, I'm saying this having only played eight hours of it. Maybe a bit more. No, I don't even think more than eight hours because I've done the first mission and that's it. And um, it's uh, it's fun. Like the the animations are good. Oh yeah, and um, you get it, it has a bit of this Game of Thronesy style of thing because you get to pick a house to join at the start of the game, and you yeah. you get to dive into that. And each house has specific characters. And uh, and the fun thing is that you can recruit characters from the other houses and persuade them to join uh, your house. Also, you get to be their teacher, which is fun. Which house do you go for? I went for the the red house, which is like the it's the the black eagle, which is essentially like the, the one based on the it, it's one of the three nations. And it's the okay. one based off the Imperial Nation. It's quite fun. To the best. And uh, I don't know, I just chose that one because the, the leader of the house was a perfect waifu material, honestly. Of course. <laughs> oh God, being led by your crotch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That well, It's an anime up, game, of course you're going to... How, how are you going to play... Like, come on, all these games. Persona, for example, because we don't talk about Persona enough on our stream, am I right? <laughs> no, of course. 
but uh, sure of course you just play Persona to, for, for the waifus. I mean, to, I'm, st- I'm so annoyed that there's no same-sex options. I, that's true, considering it's quite a modern game. Well, it is and Japan. Especially yeah. how camp a lot of the, char- the male characters in this game are, and how close your relationships get. With Yusuke, you mean? Yeah, mostly Yusuke. Well, Yusuke and Akechi. Half, yeah, half the other characters <laughs> as well. I mean, come on, even Ryuji as well. Yeah, I, to be fair, I, I'd see Ryuji. He's a bit of a bimbo, it was, isn't he? It was literally every time something happened, it would get a bit a bit erotic, and then all of a sudden he'd be like, oh yeah, let's high-five from this straight. Oh, <laughs> high fi- the straight high-five. <laughs> and then your character, oh. the main character's just there, just like, Especially at the beginning, where he used to get high spot, uh, Ryuji high fives, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> There's it's a simple spell. <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a simple spell. I mean, that's why I'm telling you yeah. to play uh, to continue Persona Five Royal. Okay. Because in Royal <laughs> there is some of that oh. homoerotic action. Oh. Oh. Well, it's not really homoerotic action. It's more like just homo. Yeah, homoerotic is is hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it, of course there's not no hardcore stuff, but there are there are some funny gay subplots. Well, not okay. subplots. There's some g- funny gay scenes that you're like, well, I'm glad that's the the maximum of representation we get. <laughs> that and uh, fucking the the. The, the drag queen and the two gay guys. Oh, okay. Oh, that cap- <laughs> the two gay guys that capture Ryuji. That's just disturbing. The drag queen is <laughs> hilarious. I love her. Yeah. She's just constantly there being... She's the only reason that, like, the journalist storyline is, any- is in it. Yeah, because there's the drag queen there. Yeah. Like, the journalist herself, she's boring as hell and her perks are terrible. Yeah. So I've never... I've, I've done it a bit just to see if it gets more interesting and it doesn't. But the drag queens there just being sarky, and it's like, I love it. Sorry. Drag queens make everything better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Violet, have you played Persona? Sorry. I, I... I haven't, but I have watched Ginger play. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, Persona. I've played Catherine, but um, I've never played Persona. See, I've never played Catherine, and I'm tempted because no, I've been told it's good. What was your opinion of it? I I, I quite liked Catherine. I, um, I played. Uh, I played it with my ex partner, and it was. Uh, it was fun to see the choices that they made, you know. It was a, uh, a experience that we had bonding, maybe less bonding with each other. <laughs> you know, seeing how they would react to a certain situation and how the choices they made. But, I mean, you know, gameplay, like, it's a, it's a puzzle game, you know. Yeah. It's it's just the story's interesting. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can that you can affect it yeah. and yeah so it's just a good all-round game it's it's not you know amazing but it's just decent it's good yeah it's yeah yeah a few hours um, yeah because i saw it's the guy like the game the main gameplay is just climbing up of like a thing don't you like yeah you climb up blocks yeah. um and you've got to like before they fall and then there are various things that you've got obstacles that you've got to get through and various kinds of blocks as well <laughs> that's so, uh, yeah it's, it's it's good and it's a race you've got to do it before the timer runs out yeah. to you know to beat other sheep up the top <laughs> and it's that's also by atlas right yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah 
because uh, it looks cool. I'll definitely have to give it a look. It's quite it's quite cheap, I think, because it, it came out ages yeah, ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... we picked up our copy for a couple quid from um, from game a while um, back. They have it on literally like every platform. I'm pretty sure. Like I know that it's on Switch, definitely. And it's on Switch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they released it. Uh, um, with I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, it was um, it's been released on Switch worldwide this year. Catherine, what is it called? Catherine Full Body. Yeah, I've, I've got the wiki page up now as well. Oh, okay. I've not I, I've not played this game either. It does look good though. Wait, is it on Switch? Yeah, it says it was released on Switch. Is it? Is it a different? Aren't is Full Body the different? I oh, I think Full Body. It says I've just got Catherine here, and it says it's on Switch. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Wait, Full Body is different because I knew I thought yeah. it was just a game of the year or something like that. Oh no, Full Body is the publishers. Oh, okay. I thought. Oh, okay. Wait, it's not. It's it, got, it, it is it, Atlas. Isn't it Atlas? It's, it's developed by Atlas, but it's got so many different publishers. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got, yeah, I'm seeing a list of publishers. There's like six different ones. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see, I see. Okay. Okay, that's cool. I'll definitely have to get it a look. I know it's really old and like... And I know it's quite cheap on the... Um, on the... I don't know, on any stores. It, it's on many, many consoles anyway. So, so yeah, I'll definitely give that a look. And um, Oh, by the way, bouncing back from uh, last week's episode, where you, Ginger, you did mention that you were watching Legend of Korra. Oh, no, I never I started actually... watching this. Oh, okay, oh. I, was, I was going to watch it. I never actually oh, you said it. you were actually going to. No, oh. I watched the first season and a half before, but hmm. I was going to rewatch it and never got around to it. What do you think then, Legend of Korra? So I've started because I I rewatched Book of Fire before mm-hmm. watching uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, and um, I, I enjoy. Okay, I think season one is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoy what they did with the series. Yeah. that they they did the, the they took it through an industrial revolution. Yeah. And now you actually have this. It, it's set basically in the equivalent of the the twenties, yeah. And um, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was very smart how they did it. I think the also the character. Uh, okay, the setting as as usual is done very well. You can tell it's done by the same creators because yeah. they were they were masters in the original series in uh, Last Airbender mm-hmm. uh, in world building, and you can tell like it's a, it's a live world. Where um, each element still has a place, um, and I thought it was smart. I got to the start of uh, season two and was like, eh. I stopped watching it. Okay. <laughs> I got a bit bored. Yeah, I I don't remember why I stopped watching partway through season two because I wasn't enjoying it as much. Well, the thing is, the plot is solved after season one. Sorry, Violet, have you ever watched? Um, I haven't. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. I can never really get into like that Avatar. whole. Yeah, I can never get into mm. Avatar. It was just not really my jam, you know. It's yeah, yeah it's not something I really enjoy. Fair enough. But fair enough. You know, each to their own. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, just saying. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. 
Um, but I don't know. I'll still have to continue watching it. I have only watched the first season. The thing is, the yeah. first season ends with everything being sold. Yeah, so they have to come up with completely new... Exactly, plot. like, it's it's a new plot line. Yeah, which is fair which enough. Is, just, exactly, Ava- it's fair. Uh, but... That was the good thing about Avatar, the, the original, the Legend of Aang one, is because yeah. was, even though different things kept happening, there was one overarching problem that they were trying to deal with the whole time. But then the problem with that, then, is which is why they kind of had to do Legend of Korra, is once they'd solved that, because they had three seasons dedicated to it, they couldn't really keep going. With the yeah. series for Legend of Aang, because it was like, okay, we've had this huge, big, world-ending conflict. Oh yeah, definitely. We can't do anything now unless all of a sudden there's another huge world-ending conflict. Yeah. But yeah, then Korra had the issue. Obviously, is they they started with a world-ending conflict, solved it in a season, but then wanted to keep going. Yeah. So now they're going to have the problem of we're going to have to keep coming up with new, big things that are going to end the world. Mm. And it's. A lot of series have that problem, especially if they go on for a while. It's like, how do we keep coming up with interesting problems that they're not going to be able to solve really quickly? Yeah, definitely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think at some point it just gets to be, you know, flogging a dead horse. And it, it happens a lot in, in all shows. You'll get so many offshoots that, and so many you know, different storylines that they've managed to work out that at the end, the writers just they have to keep coming up with something more and more extreme because they feel like, you know, it has to top the last story. It has to top the last problem. Yeah. yeah. And some series, they can you can get away with that and you can keep coming up with new things. Um, and it works that they, time after time there's something new happening. But other stuff, it's like, well, now that they've solved this problem, they've gained these powers, they can do this, this, this. How are they get? How is it going to be? How are we going to come up with something that they now can't beat? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the main issue with. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched uh, Naruto. Naruto Shippuden mainly. I've watched a little bit of it. I know it. Go- it's ridiculously long, isn't it? It goes on forever. Yeah. It's yeah. needlessly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's. I think like that just put me off even starting to be honest because you 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 see the first episode of something you think think oh that looks nice to watch you know you do a little bit of research on it you see how long it is and like I can't commit all of my time to this exactly, like, you know, exactly. there's like a couple, there's like several hundred episodes isn't there yeah it's like well a lot of it first of all is filler so yeah. you need to watch it there's literally an entire season which is filler and um, second there's also it, it's um, it, it changes a lot. So the original series is really really good. Naruto, just Naruto, the one where he's a child. Yeah. And he's uh, and it's all about you know them being ninjas and like trying to outsmart their opponents with stealth and whatever. But in Shippuden, they change it a lot, and to the end of the series, it just becomes one of those, like, it just becomes Dragon Ball Z. Hmm. Gigantic transformations, uh, big, huge creatures, attacks that are just a big explosion. It just... It loses its identity, and it's such a shame, because it started off really good. 
Yeah, it's it's always hard to go into a show that's been going on for so long and you see just how many episodes there are, and you know, yeah. the, the quality, even if the quality to start with is good and make some series is gay even better, it's not going to stay consistent and you're going to struggle. But then you're also going to feel like, I need to keep going with this because I know it gets better or I want to see if it gets better. Mm. I, yeah. I, I'm always reluctant to start series that have so many episodes, even if I really want to watch it. Like, I was reluctant, mm. I was saying last time I started to watch House, I was reluctant to start that because I know it's really good and it's consistently good, but it's eight seasons with, like, 25 episodes each that are an hour long, and if I start this, I want to finish it, but that's a lot of hours of content to watch. That's true. But then again, there's also Friends, which is so many episodes and so many series as well that's it's there's a lot of that that is um i was about to make a point i'm so sorry <laughs> to be fair though something like friends um, or one it's something everyone's most people i think have seen at this point i haven't have you not seen it <laughs> oh wow i ju- i don't like friends I tried, is, I don't like friends the I'm thing sorry. is at least with friends though or something any sort of sitcom with a lot of episodes they're short episodes that you don't need to fully yeah. concentrate on to keep to understand what's going well, on. Oh yeah, it's a sitcom. It's a sitcom. Yeah. It's the argument yeah. I was saying last week that they're only twenty minute episodes, so you don't exactly you don't have to pay a lot of attention. You can you just could, you could spend the whole time on your phone or on your switch or something with a sitcom like that and yeah. still know mm-hmm. what's going on in the series by the end of it. Oh definitely. Yeah, but I, I house is house is a different kettle of fish, and I absolutely love Hugh Laurie. Yeah. You know, he he does an amazing job, um, and I think some 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 bits do get a little bit dry though. It's they they struggle a little bit with the writing in. I think they switched writers at some point, and it it's very ob- it's a very obvious jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had the same problem where they had to keep coming up with you know, massively exaggerated storylines um, to to keep the show going. Yeah. So you've, obviously, you've probably not got to those bits yet, so I'm not going to spoil well, them. I'm, I've nearly seen it finished season three, and I'm already okay. noticing it a bit. Well, for the one for one thing, it's a medical show. It's like, how many diseases can you come up with that <laughs> you couldn't immediately diagnose at this point? Yeah. And then also there's the constant, every so often, it's like, okay, something's happening some plot lines happening that threatens House's, like, license or sending him to prison or something. And then all of a sudden, like, it's been a... Like, I've had it in this season. There was the police officer who was out to get him, and then all of a sudden, it kind of just went away. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay... but And and they even make a point of it. It's like, at the end of it, it's like, so nothing's actually changed. You're still practicing medicine. You've still got a Vicodin addiction. Nothing... There's no real development in it. And House just kind of laughs at that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they suffer from lazy writing uh, for a good a good chunk of it, and I think that's just typical American show. Though I think that it's you've got to appeal to the American audience when you're writing something like that, mm-hmm. and the American audience need everything to be a okay in the end. You know, they don't want to have to 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 actually wrap the head around something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they want to be confused in some aspects because they want that medical confusion, which uh, most times is just a load of jargon that they've strung together. Mm. 
and but then at the end of it they want it all to be fine oh i love yeah um, so have you guys watched futurama because it's a brilliant episode where they make fun of mm-hmm. this it's the oh. one about so it's uh, i think it's season one it's the first appearance of like the aliens from omicron percy i8 where oh, it's yeah. about fry before he got sent to the future um wrecked a tv station so the the end of this series called single female lawyer didn't air and these aliens were obsessed with it and they, when they watched it and <laughs> so it just a whole string of things happen and they end up having to recreate well, make up the ending for this show and film it um but they uh one of the characters ad-libs to try and make it interesting and the, the aliens hate it because she tries to make the show compelling and dramatic and have some uh, irony in it substance yeah and fry is just like no that's not why people watch tv they don't want things that are new or scary <laughs> so in the end he has to rewrite the ending and it's just literally again there was she tried to make it different and then immediately fry's like nope everything is back to normal and it's back how it always was <laughs> yeah i think i think it's very much that is a very much a causality and a consequence of um of the fact that these series are you are made mainly for TV? Yeah. So a lot of people do not want to like they'll tune in, they'll try to tune in every week when a new episode airs. Mm-hmm. But if they miss an episode, they do not want to just have missed an episode and therefore they're completely out of like they out of the of the loop of what's happening. They they have missed a, a load. Uh, of really important content. I mean, a lot of them, a lot of these are made just just so people can tune in for a couple of episodes, watch them, and still understand the overarching plot. Yeah, which doesn't that sort of format worked well when it was back in the time where you'd only watch you'd watch one episode a week, let go of your life, watch another episode next week, sort of thing. But now we've got such a binge culture around mm-hmm. TV shows, mm-hmm. so a lot of old TV shows don't work when you're trying to oh no them. definitely definitely look because... at that whole uh like remembering what happened previously or like remembering what happened before the break is there to help people catch up who have only just tuned in on the tv show yeah you know it's redundant when you're on watching it on pc because yeah i just sat through and watched the first <laughs> half of this program i know that you've had an advertising break but yeah i still remember what's going on yeah, but yeah. stuff like a lot of shows netflix make or some or any sort of streaming service make themselves, you f- you don't find the same problem. Things don't often go back to the way they were to start. Like each episode, there is usually there are cliffhangers and there's the plot keeps developing each and every episode yeah. because they're expecting people to to watch loads in a row. Well, if you look, for example, at uh, Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. Um, in you can you can imme- immediately tell the difference in the older seasons when it still used to air on uh, um, wherever it aired. I can't I remember. Can't, no, I can't either. Um, they used to have in the middle, as you were saying, Violet, these uh, the catch-up things. So there, uh, you you know when there was an ad break, even though it's, there wouldn't be one on Netflix. But uh, you know when there was an ad break because they'd, they'd always summarize the thing in the middle. Whilst they've stopped doing it in the new episodes, the ones that are the ones that are made by Netflix, because Drag yeah. Race now uh, for the last two th- seasons, I think, has been yeah. 
has been on Netflix, so like produced by Netflix. Yeah. So so yeah, you, you can immediately tell the the difference. But they still have kept in the in last week's episode or in next week's yeah. episode because it's that's, still that works, especially with how Netflix did Drag Races because yeah, because it was a weekly thing. Yeah, they did the weekly thing yeah. again, but. It was yeah. It was very much a good mix of you could watch this weekly or you could binge this, mm-hmm. rather than as if, like sh- some a lot of shows were designed for, for the time. Oh yeah, once a week. Also, you get away with it with the reality shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, reality shows. You can. I'm for example. I'm watching right now uh, um, Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if it's the latest season of Hell's Kitchen. I'm watching season 15 just because I was bored. And I thought, why not? I'm a big uh, simp for Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I love Gordon Ramsay. I love his videos. Shout uh, at me any day. (laughs) I love his uh, videos on um, on YouTube. All his small recipes where he's just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Tenderize it. Oh, I've, I've, never, I've never watched Hell's Kitchen. I've seen on Facebook a lot of clips from the shows where he goes to like failing restaurants and stuff. Oh, Kitchen That's Nightmares. Kitchen, uh, kitchen, kitchen Nightmares. nightmares. I, I, oh, I lo- and also he did Hotel Hell. I, and the concept of it is, just is makes me laugh because every episode these people have clearly sought him out and been like, come and help us. He's like, okay, here are the problems. They're like, screw you for saying we have a problem. Literally. And it's like, but you literally mm-hmm. called me here to show you where you're going wrong. I've shown you very explicitly where you're going wrong and now you're having a go at me. It's it's if you want something like that, watch the British series. Because okay. it originally was a British show before yeah. it got taken over to America. Yeah. And so there you actually get restaurants that actually care okay. a lot of the time. I mean there are there are a couple that, that still do the whole of ob- being obtuse and, and obstructive <laughs> and not listening. Yeah, you know that you know what I'm doing is best. There's there's still obviously that aspect of it with some of them, but you get others that like oh I can't remember the name, but there was this really nice um, soul food restaurant. Oh yeah, the and soul it was food one of the one. very few ones where he's cleared his plate and he's like that was honestly so good. Yeah. Presentation was awful. Your location is awful, mm-hmm. and these are the reasons that I think you need to change. You know, okay. I, yeah. I mean it's terrible, but I also find the American one really funny oh it's so much fun mm, it's so much yeah. fun because watching in, them cry in every episode it's always the same thing all the owners always have the same issue they're always in denial uh if a, uh, an owner is also the head chef he'll go in and uh, they'll always record them saying oh, i don't know what my problem is it uh, uh the food is great he's gonna love the food our food is 10 out of 10 and he's like uh, it's like yeah. a, a wet sock. I wouldn't feed this to my dog. <laughs> yeah. you, just, you look at the, you look at the like kitchens and stuff, and you you wondering like, do they genuinely not understand what the problem is? Like, there's a dead yeah. rat in the corner. Do they not see that that's mm-hmm. maybe? An but issue? honestly, if you think about like think about, I, I've seen having visited a lot of student halls. Some of them are revolting. Like think about the 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 shittier student halls that are university gyms. Yeah, some of true. the like and how some people kept them. Oh yeah, I know. I, some of them are truly revolting, and for a lot of a lot of these people that go on kitchen nightmares are people that don't have any 
haven't gone to culinary school and yeah. uh, haven't trained as professional chefs and um, and therefore to them it's normal to keep uh... the thing is though that as as someone who has worked in a kitchen you can do all of that stuff online it's so accessible yeah. your health and safety is all done online you get it taught to you on online you know you can do it in a couple days and get that health and you can get that certificate mm. you know and it, it shows you everything you get so many resources available to you like in this day and age there's no excuses yeah because it everywhere is so accessible i mean yes back in um i don't know 2010? like about 40 years ago oh. <laughs> when the way that you could like only open a, you could open a restaurant but you know you didn't have the internet to be able to help you yeah. learn everything yeah. then that's understandable having a state like that but being i say understandable it's not it's more understandable but it's not ever you know yeah no definitely but i feel mm. like a lot of the time well that's another pattern you see on the series that all the owners are usually either the sons of the old owner who have run the restaurant to the ground because yeah. they have no idea how to run a restaurant or either they're just older people who have opened something without actually any training, like without even bothering to look on the internet because they think, mm. oh, this is going to be easy. It's a restaurant. What does it take to run a restaurant? Yeah. When instead running a restaurant is really, really hard. Like you. Oh, yeah. It's so you hard. You need to be Honestly, so committed. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's mad. It's I, I've I've never worked in one and well I I've waited at some tables but I've never properly worked in in the kitchen. So working in, in a kitchen is was one of the the best work experiences I've mm-hmm. had mainly because of the team the the teamwork and the camaraderie in the kitchen. You you become so close with them because you have to to be so connected. You have to move as one fluid motion oh, yeah. of water yeah, yeah. with everyone in there you can't especially i worked in a tiny kitchen but there were still eight of us in there and we were doing a thousand covers a day yeah it was insanely busy but you get into that flow and you know you barely even have to communicate with everyone because you each know what everyone's doing and it's i've learned so much from working in a kitchen but seeing how a lot of the people I'm gonna let you in on a little uh, secret here from the <laughs> kitchens to get a level five cleanliness yeah you don't even have to be that clean yeah because the state of the kitchen that I worked in I would say medium it, it wasn't exactly spotless but it wasn't as bad as you see on kitchen nightmares <laughs> but I it there was still obviously massive faults and massive dirty areas but we still managed to get a five star hygiene rating every single time so if you if you go to a restaurant and they've got lower than a five there is no excuse it's it's so difficult to get lower than a five um so there's you've got to have something seriously wrong <laughs> so don't ever eat at a restaurant that's got lower than i five. mean it's really funny because okay. uh, when i when i went to to visit my my girlfriend's hometown <laughs> she took me to like this well we didn't actually go there but she showed me like this chippy shop like this 
uh, fish and chips shop. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. apparently, apparently, she told me that place is famous because it has uh, um, a two food hygiene rating. Oh God! And, and she God. told me, I, I, me, and my friends and everyone from the school used to go there every day. Well, Don't. not every day, but. Uh, and I was so like, much about what the hell? Why would you ever get a burger from there? And she was like, no, I'd never get burgers, but definitely chips. But she knew of people <laughs> who got burgers. And I'm like, that's like gambling with, uh, to be, with your like, intestines. To get a two, you have to have um, evidence of things like animal droppings oh, in no. the food preparation areas. Oh, God. That is I one of the things will, that will like would, put you down to a two. I would never go anywhere sober that's less than a five. While mm. drunk, maybe a four. Maybe a four. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, Bo, the one near the club we always go to, what's that rating? Salt and pepper. Yeah. Which they is not st- anymore called that. Oh, is <laughs> Funnily it not? enough. No. It's changed. Oh. It's changed. It, it has a way less creative name. Um, oh. Anyway, that one, I have no idea. I imagine not I very high. <laughs> I hope it's good. But let me know. let me actually let me actually Google it. Okay. Uh, keep talking about something. Well, but yeah, I'm no. Just... Anyway, um, it is ridiculous though how some of the some of the stuff they just keep in the kitchen, kitchen nightmares. I love it when he's just so revolted. Uh... Oh, I love watching him go and throw up because it's like, yeah. oh yes, I would be throwing up as well. It's it, it's just so. It's just like you so. See the state funny. of the meat, and it's like, oh. The meat, I love it every, every time. What do we have here? Oh, I've Cooked seen the ones where it's like he's got things next to like it's raw green. Clams it's green. Black clams defrosting in the sink where they also got washing up right next to it. Oh yeah. Oh. It's it's, it's uh, disgusting. Oh, but no. Have you seen that John Tron work safety video where it's about like the day it's about uh working in the kitchen um and the danger zone that the, it makes comedy out of all all of the the things that you see in kitchen nightmares as well because you just <laughs> you can go down the list and you can just tick off there's a mental checklist that you have to do whenever you um enter and and leave the kitchen and watching i had to actually stop watching kitchen nightmares um because i used to do it after i came back from work to make me feel better about the state of my <laughs> about my own kitchen and i had to stop doing it because i was like right i'm sitting here doing the checklist and it's making me sad how few things i'm checking off here <laughs> so i've checked uh, ginger yeah and the place is four actually Okay, that's good. If it's it been open my... for so long, to be fair, and it's such a busy place, I imagine. It sticks to my philosophy. Like, that's the thing, but when I've ever been in there, even as drunk, it, doesn't, it never looks actually that untidy. Given no, that it's, no, it's open. It's right a fish and chip shop. It's yeah. open right next to a bunch of clubs. Yeah. Given how tidy <laughs> Four it clubs. Is. Yeah. And it's within walking distance of about every single other club. Oh, yeah. And when we say next, it's literally like you take two steps and you're there. Yeah, that's the prime spot. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's why it's like the monopoly there because it just—it's a huge place, and everyone yeah. just goes there. It's yeah, it's right next to—it's right next to the bus stop as well. Also, yeah, next to the, the bus. The it's uni. such a smart position. And yeah, that's—I mean, most when we ever go out, we tend to avoid it and go to McDonald's because it's so busy. Mackey D's. Well, yeah. I never go to Mackey D's. Well, I never go to any of these places usually. I 
well, I'll go wherever everyone else is going, usually. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather stick with salt and pepper because I'm like, I want to get my food and then go home. I don't want to walk 15 minutes to get food, then walk about another 10 to get to the other bus stop. <laughs> and it's just like, it's three o'clock in the morning, I want to go home. Lol. Just have food at home. I, I you know, keep some potato waffles, bang them down in the toaster, <laughs> you know, pour yourself a couple pints of water yeah. to down, and then eat your toasted waffles and go to bed. Just, yeah, I, I literally also just true. do with the with the water. Cause you know what the trick is? The best thing to have is bread, in my opinion. If you have bread... Yeah, you, you need, you need something really carby. Yeah, that will soak up all the water. If you really want Although to Although fat is good for it, though. What? Um, having lots of fat um, is actually good for settling your stomach because it does provide a layer that stops the um, the acid from hitting your esophagus, making you feel sick. So there is a scientific reason okay. why having fatty foods like chips and other deep fried things is a good thing after a night out. Is it all? Is it all the all the grease in it? Yeah, that make that, it creates that. Yeah, noise. the the grease like forms a layer on top of um your your acid. So, like, your stomach's filled with acid, the grease then forms a layer on top of it. So then when your stomach starts churning, instead of, like, the acid hitting your esophagus and making you feel sick, it's the it's the grease Ooh. and the fats. So then it doesn't make you feel sick. Sounds lovely. <laughs> Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know very well of the gle- grease layering. It's the thing you immediately see whenever you enter any gaming shop. <laughs> wow, okay. Mm. <laughs> Oh, come on. We've all experienced it whenever you enter. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Whenever you enter the any gaming shop that has board games. You, mm, oh, yeah. Board games or video games. Even worse, an say. eSports cafe. I used to go oh, okay. back to this oh. eSports cafe in Milan. My God. Sometimes you'd go to the... So it, it was two... Bottom floor was like the the bar area. So they'd have like the counter and all the tables and you could eat and that was lovely you go upstairs to the first floor where they'd have all the computers and my god you'd uh, enter there <laughs> there was that uh, hit by this woof of sweat and a mixture of sweat and grease it was delightful still a lovely place that's why i can never hang around like I, as much as i love board games and games as a ch- as a kid that's why I could never hang around those the, places because I just it made me feel too gross. You just get, yeah. You know, and I didn't want to be associated with that. I didn't want other people to think that I was that exactly, gross. Exactly, exactly, absolutely, absolutely. I, I so totally agree. So I, for example, I go to a lot of um, um, conventions. Uh, well, mainly I go every year to the biggest one in Italy, and a lot of the time there, you get you, it, it's so easy to distinguish the people. Because I always go in cosplay, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's so much fun. Because you see the like the pe- the other people who do good cosplays like you, and they and, and of course all of them are really like careful people, really clean. Because of course to be a cosplayer, well, first of all you need to be clean, but also like you need to be a very like that mentality of person. Because making yeah. a cosplay is a lot of work. Oh yeah, there's so much effort put in. There is you know, so I've much effort. You want to do something you, it's so good hard. It's a lot yeah, absolutely. Especially if you want to do. Oh, like I've never delved into something super good and super accurate just because, or like as not nothing from video games just because it's so much work. Like you need to have know how to work either foam or um, or modeling. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Having worked, have, I had to work with foam when I I did a a, a pretty serious Loki cosplay. Oh, okay. And that was um that was fun and it was it was fun learning how to do it. But oh my god, I I didn't wear a mask like the first time <laughs> I did it, and the next day I had a rash all around my mouth and I was coughing my lungs up and I was like, right, I've learned from this. I need to wear a face mask. Oh yeah, we yeah, all yeah. do these days. Well, yeah, we're nothing different <laughs> from these days, but. But no, like you, you can tell. Anyway, I was saying about about the um, the conventions. You can so tell mm-hmm. the different people. Like you have all these poor cosplayers, and there's all these people. Can I take a picture with you? And you're like, sure. Oh. Just stay five feet away from me. <laughs> like I don't say it, of course. Luckily, the cosplays I do do not usually attract well. I do the ones I've done are mainly historic stuff. Either historic. Or like uh, Sherlock Holmes, so yeah. so a lot of people that I, I have attracted my fair share of weird. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you would do it. I can imagine you doing your Sherlock Holmes one. People want to take a photo. Yeah, yeah, you've seen a few pictures of. Yeah, a lot, quite a few people took pictures. Look, you get some really cool people who appreciate it. I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. So much, so many good details. Very well done, and you're like that is super uh, satisfying. But also, there's the people who want to shake your hand. The people. Who, uh, luckily, the main one I do. I'm. We. I'm. Have. I have two things in my hand. So if they ask me, can I shake your hand? I'm like, no. Well, they don't because I have two things in my hand. Yeah. But, um, I tend to go for really low effort cosplay. So, <laughs> though the thing is, it's it's low effort, but I always think it works quite well. My like favorite, your, I... your Tony Stark one. Oh yeah, so it's like it's low effort, but I've got that one those those little details in it that makes it yeah. come together quite nicely. Yeah. My favorite one I did, which was for a, um, a, um, a convention, which was um, generic Nostromo. Uh, crew member Nostromo from the Alien series. Yeah. So I had the Nostromo shirt, crew shirt, and I had a plushy face hugger <laughs> that I stuck up that I had an elastic band. It just clung to my face. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's, it's low effort, but it's actually, I think it's quite clever. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. I, a lot of the time I appreciate, wait, having gone, like, I've been going to this convention. So it's called the Luca Comics and Games in Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, like the third world largest convention, like comics and game convention. And having gone to it for about well, I did five years. I skipped this year for obvious reasons. Well, because yeah. it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, I found that in my first two years, I just took pictures with everything. Like with mm-hmm. every cosplay, I was like minimally interested in because i was like oh my god this is so cool because you get you know you know the first time you go you get that high of like oh my god these these are all people like me who enjoy video games and like dressing up like me um but then in the later year i found myself just taking pictures with really like funny cosplays or like really out of the box stuff for example, I remember this one. It was just this guy dressed as Death. And uh, he he had on loop, on on, uh, on a pair of like stereo, uh, of like um, 
yeah, on a, on a stero in in his costume, the epic sax guy theme, and he was just bopping his head, and he was holding a list of like famous people. So like top of the list was like Queen Elizabeth, followed by Sean Bean, uh, Kenny from South. It was so fun. Um, guys. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just went all quiet for a while. I was like, wait a second. Did I, did I go <laughs> No, we can out? still hear you. Don't worry. I, cool, I, cool. I, yeah. I got distracted by memes. That's fair enough. Oh, okay. I was just... um. I, I, I too like to, to cosplay. And I think I, I've had some, some not so good experiences, mainly because as a female... Yeah. <laughs> as, as a female, yeah. you get those guys being a creepy and... You see, the last I I I went as a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old. Yeah. And you know they don't, you know you don't know whether they realise, and if they do realise, then it's it's creepy. It's even more it's creepier. Yeah. It's creepy either way. <laughs> yeah, like so. So I I've been really put off the the actual going to conventions mainly because of the other people that. I've experienced there and I absolutely loved it you know I loved going there and I loved seeing all the effort that people put in and I love you know watching the fucking the actors talk about everything yeah. but it was just those pervs that come up and they will like go to hug you or they'll go to touch you and you know it's not like I was wearing anything revealing either I was in a a, a low-key cosplay oh, okay. you know <laughs> I was doing a a, a, a a whilst admittedly femme it was still yeah just just a, a slight full... gender bend yeah yeah it was a slight gender bend mainly because i didn't want to have to bind yeah oh um, yeah of course of course yes but it was still the full uh, i think it was uh dark world it, um, it was more dark world uh, yeah. that that loki did you have the horns yeah i had the i had the horns i had the staff oh, okay. um i i had uh I think I also at one point had the tesseract um, and the mouth guard. Oh, that's cool. You know, the, the, okay, yeah. Um, for that, that was for one of them. Um, oh, the amount of comments that that mouth and the, the the wrist binds as well. The amount of comments that that I got from from creepy men is oh, uh, yeah. really something I will never forget. Yeah, oh. it was very um, very. Oh, I can't think of a. A good way so, to describe it. Yeah. They, they were being pervy over the fact that I was captive. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Okay. I blame the incels. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there, there's that massive culture around. Yeah, that's a that's a it, big thing. I I agree. I think especially yeah. in cosplay culture, it's especially for yeah. women. Like, it must be really annoying. I got like already. I get annoyed. So the cosplay I usually do, I I, uh, I do a historical one of like a, a really guy, a really famous guy from Italian history, but he's also considered. A, a lot of people don't like him because he is the guy who unified Italy, and I've gotten a lot of comments being like, uh, uh, admittedly, a lot of mean ones of just people either insulting me just because uh, of what I'm dressed as. And, no, I, I, I mean, I, and that can't even compare to people being creepy because that's even worse. <laughs> but yeah, but it's still something that is showing you how toxic the community can yeah, be. Yeah, 
yeah ultimately yeah no i absolutely absolutely definitely i am i agree and it's uh it's sad it's sad that you get stuff like that but in the end the thing that keeps me cosplaying is just the amount of like people uh complimenting you and saying oh my god you look so cool can we take a picture that, that's so nice that when they spot you mm -hmm. and they say oh this is such a smart idea or it's so well done it's um it's so it's so satisfying and gratifying that you think oh at least in my opinion i'll, I'll power through the people who are just being jerks oh admittedly i don't get many they're just mm -hmm. occasional the worst um, I got, I got insulted by an eight-year-old girl. Wow. Um, I had, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, um, I was, I think it was, it was some sort of, I did something Doctor Who related. I had one of the, I had 11 screwdriver mm. and she sort of came over while I was sort of sitting outside and she seemed really interested and she seemed, I think she was dressed up as Clara. Oh, okay. So I thought, okay, she likes Doctor Who. So I actually had bought 10 screwdriver as well. So I bought the other screwdriver out as well. And I think she was quoting one of the lines from like the anniversary. But she literally looks me dead in the eye, just like compensating for something and then ran <laughs> off. And I was just like, I just got completely owned by a small child and I didn't even have to get the chance to react. <laughs> I mean, that is hilarious. Though. I know. I thought that is, I yeah, like that is. <laughs> Oh boy, it's yeah. When you get those like those fun things, that that that's just. I don't know. I feel like it, yeah. it makes the entire thing worth it. And you think, so, yeah. I thought. Are you working on any cosplays at the moment? Um no, at the moment. Well, I was working. What I was planning to do this year was to go as Zoro from Zoro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the One Piece one. The like the. <laughs> You know the 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 the, the, the original. yeah the Mexican bandit, and because uh, in Italy he is huge, like it's the thing all children watch as uh, as children. <laughs> I feel quite all children watch as children. Quote me on that. That that's how you use uh, <laughs> yes, every... <laughs> that's how you use the English language. Yeah. It's what you watch as a child. Yeah, there you go. Yes. A lot in in okay, Italy, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I was working. I wanted to do like a proper one with like proper leather boots, um, proper like good quality cape and um, and make it like very a historically accurate. A real sword accurate. to stab your enemies. What? A real sword to stab A real rapier, yeah. Which I actually do own, but I, they'd never let me into me. the convention with one. Oh yeah, of course. They'd never let you in. Well, it's interesting because I've managed to bring in a real sword to a convention. <laughs> it, admittedly, it was only an old one and it was stuck in its sheath. But it was okay. a real metal, only like a parade sword. But uh, because this one in Italy is outside in the open, a lot of the time the, um, the, the police is very lax on the rules. Since, so essentially it takes place in the center of a, of a small city in Italy. So, so yeah, a lot of the time they will let you bring these more realistic like metal weapons as long as of course they're not sharp and don't have a, a, a like a pointed tip so yeah w when compared to for example when i went to what's it called mcm uh, comic-con in uh, london yeah oh yeah. yeah 
they're they're very they're strict very there. strict there. Like I, I I wasn't allowed to take in my staff there. Really? And it's like yeah, you know, touch it in you know, it's not sharp at all. And he's like, yeah, no, it's the stick. And I was like, it's a broom handle that I have taped and painted and put model modeling clay on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and 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 it's like oh, no, so it wasn't even a metal like, cord. Oh, no, it, it was um, it was so I'd got a, a wooden uh wooden broom handle or mop handle or whatever, and I covered it in tape. And to do the shaping of the staff, I'd put um, modelling clay over it, um, hardened that in the sun, mm. um, and then so after carving all the details into it, and then I'd put a uh, I'd cut out the top, um, out of uh wall insulation oh, okay. and sanded it down and uh you know then primed it and painted yeah. it and all that yeah. and put it on and then a uh glass it wasn't even glass it was uh plastic blue plastic in the top for the for the bit and it was uh yeah that wasn't allowed in so i had to get my mum to take it <laughs> <laughs> i yeah like they are to be fair on a lot of things there i think they're They, you literally can only have foam weapons, which is, which is fine. I mean, I'm not saying, especially because it's in an enclosed area, your weapons mm-hmm. would be a bit. The thing is, it's not so much they're worried you're going to go ahead and stab someone with a real weapon. It's the worry that someone's just going to bump into you and get injured more than anything, probably. Yeah, and probably that, imp- like that, would look really bad on the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with how I mean, I've gone to one in my where I live, which isn't that big a place, mm. and that was that was jam packed. I imagine like somewhere like a London Comic Con, you're also crammed in one. They're quite and someone crammed. Someone could yeah. get impaled. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's not super crammed just because I mean I went there three years ago, and I mean I I remember it being quite not super super jam packed because it was just such a big venue. Like the yeah. venue oh yeah the venue, the venue is huge, huge and there's so many rooms yeah. but uh, but still it is really a bit some areas can be very cramped the events on stage or like when they have all all the people like watching the, the talks or whatever they can get very mm-hmm. very 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 cramped so yeah I remember the best cosplay I saw that year was just this guy dressed as Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. And he was just walking around with a, with a what do you call them? With a, with a waifu pillow. pillow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and it was a waifu pillow of Goku, of course. <laughs> Of course. And uh, <laughs> and when you just commented, it was just like, it's not what it looks like. It was so funny. <laughs> I remember that, that cosplay just shook me. Like, that's genius. But yeah, I... God, I miss conventions. I God, I miss them. Eventually. Soon, soon. If they get the vaccine out soon, it'll be... Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I think we've missed the... Uh... The ones that happen in March, so we just got to hope for the ones that happen in October and November next, next year. year. Oh yeah, because they've be already probably missed the ones this year. Oh yeah, the the ones that happened this year all happened in October and November. 
Oh yeah, that's true. Because MCM uh, uh, is uh, yeah, that's in November. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think we've clocked in. Over well, no, not too bad. We we didn't go over over like an hour and just over an hour. So yeah. Oh, oh I must have started my timer much quick earlier because mine says like an hour and ten minutes. Well, mine is an hour and eight minutes, but it's probably an hour and six. Yeah, close enough. So, yeah. Um, This was fun. Thank you very much for joining us, Violet. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, once again, check out her um, Twitch page, twitch.tv slash violetlilac. And of course, uh, Ginger's page, twitch.tv slash gingergaming. And uh, links will be in the description. Remember, everyone, to uh, like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode of the of the podcast, and turn on those bell notifications. That would be really appreciated. The the episodes are supposed to go out every week on uh, on Tuesday. This uh, well, uh, the episode that has come out this week while we're recording was uh, a day late. Apologies. And uh, yeah, apart from that, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye! Bye!